Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Paddy. And I'm Trisha. In today's Rambling in the TARDIS, we take a look back at Stephen. We'll be talking about his strengths and his weaknesses and picking out his best and worst episodes. We would also love to hear your thoughts on Stephen and any of the stories that he's been in. So in order to join in the discussion, you can check us out at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at timetravellingteamp at teamproductions.com. So... Uh, Trish, this is going to be a fun one, I think. <laughs> I'm going to try and be nice. I'm going to try and be nice. Yes, we're 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 objective. We're serious podcast people. <laughs> yeah, serious-ish, serious-ish, <laughs> serious-ish-ish. So, being positive, shall we start off with Mr. Stevens' strengths? Absolutely, I think yeah, because like that—that's the format we've done for everyone else. So, I think we might as well just do it that way. So, what would you consider to be Mr. Stephen Ty- Taylor's, not Tyler, two completely different people, <laughs> Mr. Stephen Taylor's strengths? For me, his biggest strength, and it's not one that he shows to everyone mm. or all the time, but when it does shine through, I think it's incredibly powerful, is the level of care he has for his traveling companions i'm yeah. thinking specifically what comes to mind is the beginning of well the end of the mythmakers and the beginning of dalek's master plan when all he cares about is where is vicky and that yeah. that is the only thing on his mind is making sure that vicky's okay hmm. and he doesn't do that all the time sadly and we'll get to that later on but when he does do it, it comes across as incredibly genuine. Yeah. You know, we saw it again in um is it in the massacre with Anne. Yeah. You know, where he doesn't even know this person, but he just feels this connection and he gets very protective. But I think for those that he has that connection with, that's a very strong part of his personality is the desire to protect or at least make sure that that person is okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've done as a strength, and this may seem like it's me reaching out where I may not see distinct advantages, but it's one of the things that made me like him the most when we watched The Chase and when we watched The Time Meddler. Yeah, The Time Meddler. He nearly sacrificed everything to go back and save his teddy bear. (laughs) And that, that resonates with you. It really does. I think it I, really does, but I think it resonates with anyone that's like still attached to like those childhood mementos, like because there are a lot of people, and like, there's no obviously there's no shame or anything like that. People can still sleep with Teddy's, like yeah. But I think it's also like it highlighted the fact that he was alone for so long, hmm. and that bear was his perhaps his one connection to his sanity. So I liked the fact that he went back to get it and that he brought it onto the TARDIS. And I was disappointed we never got to see it again because where the hell is Hi-Fi and, like, you yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Because, I, I, like, again, I just have, like, the, the comparisons to Tom Hanks and Castaway, like, so I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe Tom Hanks saw The Chase and he was like, oh, I like that guy's story. I know, I'll make a movie, but I'll make it slightly more realistic. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. So what did you think? Those were the two big strengths I could come up with, to be honest. Um... We'll probably talk more in terms of his best and worst episodes and overall about some of the smaller things. But those are the two big things about Stephen that like when I think of Stephen in a positive light, those are the two things that come into my mind. So how about you? What did you think were his strengths? All right. So 
this one now is going to kind of potentially lead into a weakness as well, right? But one strength that he has is that he is very willing to put himself between danger and his traveling companions. And mm. I think um, like the best examples of this are probably oh, the Mythmakers and yeah. the Savages, where he was like doing the delaying action against the, the Elders by staying back yeah. in the, the forest. Because like, like, what we know of Steven is that he was a, he was a pilot. He was a, he was a mm-hmm. space pilot. No, we don't know whether that was he was a fighter pilot. We don't know whether it was he was a commercial pilot. We don't know. Any, there's no indication. I don't, I don't. At least I don't think there's any indication from the chase as to what he was. No, I don't think so. There yeah. may be in the book, but yeah. there, he, there, I don't think there was in the episode itself. Because like, he did make reference to the to the uh, the colonization wars. No, yeah. that that could just be um, he actually took part in it. Or, but anyway, we know that he's a pilot. So, but he has that thing of like you know where he will willingly put himself into the face of danger and the sort of like you know if you want them you got to get through me side of things. And I suppose, like the other. See again, I that would be his chief strength. I think that would be like the overall kind of beacon of it. Um, honestly, that's all I got. I, I like, I, 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 I would be kind of again reaching just to find anything else that I thought was a real big strength in Stephen, because, like we've mentioned multiple times across the stories that we did, for all the good he seemed to do in those episodes, there's an awful lot of x or to back up the y you know yeah i think though i think you're right in terms of he is always willing and able to put himself on the line in a very similar way to how ian was you know ian was always willing to stay behind and always willing to be the one to fight to protect the others do you know um Mm -hmm. and i think that sort of ties in nice at what i said that you know he cares a great deal about people that he has a connection with yeah and you know those two things sort of feed off together i think that's sort of i think that's kind of what he was designed to be as a character do you know and like i was going to say oh but the, you know, another strength he has but it actually falls into the same thing willing to put himself into danger to save his friends was the moment in galaxy 4 where he refused to be maga's pawn by staying in the airlock you know but that that yeah. that falls into the same vein of willing to put himself into danger to save the others. Also, slightly dumb though. Yeah, like but <laughs> <laughs> but you see that's where like the, I suppose the, the the weakness component of it when we get to the weakness will come into it. Yeah, and I think one thing that we've said for I think pretty much all of our companions that we've discussed previously is a lot of their strengths can feed into weaknesses over mm. time, and that's the same thing with anyone. I mean, to go with a sort of work phrase you know you can over index in a certain area Mm. and that becomes a negative thing yeah you know we saw it with even you know like with barbara and her compassion like sometimes it was at the really wrong moment (laughs) exactly like and i remember like commenting on it back when we did an unearthly child that i thought it was like i'm not so quite sure like if if i was if this was my first time watching it, mm-hmm. and that was like my first uh, introduction to Barbara, I'd be kind of like, I can see where maybe people are getting this idea of all oh, the old companions were just, you know, damsels in distress. But having watched yeah. it before and then coming back to it, 
it's still a very unusual thing to process but then it actually kind of makes her the character that she is but this is Stephen's rambling episode not Barbara's rambling episode <laughs> yeah well the point being that we oh, yeah, yeah. you know we've made similar comments about other companions in the past this isn't just us picking on Stephen yeah exactly um but going over to us picking on Stephen <laughs> <laughs> We also do have to discuss his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I have a few. <laughs> as, as do I. <laughs> do you want to go first? I will. Because again, I will see what I can say that maybe kind of preempts you so that we'll have a... a so I'm not <laughs> ranting as much as what he's trying to say. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, so, first and foremost, he is very impulsive. Yes. I know, as a you know, that impulsiveness does, you know, put him into scenarios where he is forced to help save his friends and he usually excels in that. But if you weren't so impulsive, we wouldn't be in the scenario in the first place. Prime example is the time meddler. Yeah. And he reminds me of <laughs> uh there's a character in Earthworm Jim, um when they're doing like this Wizard of Oz uh, parody he's like the incredibly brave hamster and she's like I can't stop being brave oh look a big truck and he just jumps right into its path and it's just like this time you know thought of the consequences whatsoever um, so yeah he's he's impulsive he's petulant which leads to his impulsiveness so like that like and his petulance can make him come across as like as a real blockhead at times and the other thing that I have is this unwarranted condescending nature yeah. yeah specifically towards dodo he had a bit of it with vicky and not in not in the sort of like kind of you know older brother banter way that he had with her in the mick makers like in the time meddler and even in galaxy four it was this oh you're just a girl type mentality and mm. so that and then that traveled completely into dodo on like unwarranted as like we talked about there just recently um when we did the arc like it was like oh you better be careful you'll have the whole lot she'll have the whole lot down on us you've known her for a grand total of an hour who are you to say what she's capable of like this type of shit so like I get that he was positioned to be the the strong like the the action man character but he comes across as more of a a bumbler and mm. like yeah he's he's the action man but there's no brains behind the brawn as such yeah um so how many of your index cards did i check off there that would <laughs> you got you got a few so i do have down that he's so impatient and petulant the impatience really I mean, you have Im- impulsiveness, which you mentioned, but the impatientness is actually slightly separate from that. You know, we saw it in Galaxy 4. Mm. We saw it in the Daleks Master Plan, where it's constantly, but what are we doing? But what are we doing? But how long is left? It's like, just allow things to happen and eventually they will balance out. Yeah. Do you know? You know, you mentioned that his impulsiveness can get them in trouble. He is a major hothead. Mm. You know, like randomly body slamming random people he doesn't even fucking know and losing for no reason i think one of my biggest issues with steven 
and it sort of carries over into the comments that he makes about Dodo and to be honest the arc was bad because he barely knew her but the savages was worse yeah like he made so many comments in the savages like when she wandered off yeah and he was with these people that they don't know he made so many disparaging comments about her no even Dodo couldn't be that stupid and you're like shut up and like the, and the thing is as well as that like now even Dodo would be that stupid where the previous adventurer to the savages was the gunfighters where he comes out looking like a fucking tool yeah and you know what I think really I think what really bothers me about him when you compare him with other action man male companions and I don't just mean Ian you know I've seen several other series of the show mm. so if you think about Harry if you think about Captain Jack, if you think about Mickey, if you think about Rory, like if you think about any of the other male companions, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that bothers me about Stephen is his ego. He is so up his own arse. And like you make a very interesting comment there in relation to Harry be- and like, or those other companions is because all those other companions, ha- in my mind, um, have one thing in common. And like this is for, again, for people that are already getting into Who through the podcast. These are later companions that serve like with the fourth, ninth, and uh, tenth doctors respectively, or the eleventh doctor as well. Um, like Harry is a he's a public school educated. Um, he's he's a, he's an old boy essentially, and yeah. he's very you know old girl to the companions that he's with, but he's never presented as anything other than that. In ter- yeah. in terms of like. That that's who he is. That's his makeup, and he has like the other good qualities that take away from that that kind of toughish exterior. But that's he, that's his initial portrayal. Whereas with Stephen, is that I think it's the other way around. Stephen is portrayed as this new this new Ian essentially, and like he is filling the role of Ian, and but he doesn't have any of the, I would say, want. Yeah, I mean the difference between the two is that. Yes, Ian was willing to jump in. And that's the whole reason why William Russell was hired. He was hired because of the adventures of Sir Lancelot. He was hired to be the swashbuckling hero type, right? And in Trisha's estimation, also hired because of his ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that, that ties together. That, you know. um, <laughs> but the difference between Ian, between Harry, even between Jack, who has an ego the size of the fucking moon, mm. and Stephen, is that... They are smart enough to know when to back down, when to defer. And Stephen isn't. Mm. Stephen thinks that the only right way is his way. The only one who can do something is him. And he get I, I still, like, it will always stick with me in the Daleks master plan. When you have Sarah Kingdom coming in, who, who is from further in the future than Stephen is. Yeah. And suddenly he's presented with... I don't want to present this as sexist, but... Okay. he's presented with a woman who is further advanced than him is smarter than him is more military minded than him and who is older than him Vicky was younger mm-hmm. Katarina was younger and also less mm. um, technologically intelligent shall we yeah. say, put that way. and the way he treats her when she dismisses an idea of his the sort of petulant throwing his toys out of the pram because I had this idea and it must be brilliant because it was mine. 
never mind you have someone from like a thousand years in the future from me again and a guy who travels in time telling me it's a bad idea and then he nearly fucking killed himself like I, I, I didn't read a sexist angle into it I just thought it was the fact of you know oh I'm the experienced one here because it's me and the doctor you're just a Johnny come lately or in this case a yeah. Jan- Janie come lately and um <laughs> Or no, Genie come lately because Gene Marsh. Um, no, I, that, that's the way I read it. And it was like, and look, we've even seen it from, I made the reference of, does he seem like the kind of guy that would try to dis- disable a futuristic landmine? That was from an um, uh, a role-playing session that myself and Trish had with a group of friends. And one of the lads just couldn't stand to be outshone. So he decided to do this thing and it just ended up blowing up in his face, much like Stephen did. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a sexist thing. And we've discussed on, on the show before, um, is Stephen sexist or not? We, we've discussed that hmm. um, previously. I don't think it is, but I think it's an interesting comparison that, you know, Vicky and Katerina were young women who were, they were younger than him. Yeah. And he was from further in the future than them. And there's that. So I don't think it's a sexist thing, but I think it would be a misstep not to mention the fact that all of his interactions are with women. Like we don't have another male companion. Yeah. Well, you know? well, we 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 had our discussion about Brett, and yes, I did my own thing. I forgot about Brett, and he yeah. was a f- dick to Brett as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot to unpack. <laughs> Even yeah. just like that one story, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah, I think I said. So I think the the, the issue that I have with him is. All of the impatientness, the petulantness, the hot-headedness, and the mean things he says, it all centers back to his ego. Hmm. And they never try to explain it. They never acknowledge that it's not a good thing. You, know, you never have the doctor criticizing him for you know, what he says about people. You know, it's just, no, no nothing's commented on. And that, that bothers me. Yeah. So, we should probably <laughs> go back on the upswing yeah. a little bit. So, usually we, at this point, we will discuss what we felt were the best episodes for the character and the worst episodes. Now, I said this to Paddy during the week. Because of my read on the character of Stephen, I have a best episode, some worst episodes, and then I have some middling ones. And the middling ones are, I was not a fan of them, but... If you are a Stephen fan, these are probably going to be good stories for you. Mm. And that was kind of the way I did them. Because I have said, I'm not a fan of Stephen, but I know some people are. So in my estimation, you know, if you are a fan of Stephen, I've got a couple of episodes there in the middle that you'd probably love for the contributions that he makes and stuff like that. So that's the way I've done my best and worst episodes this week. Slight deviation from the norm, but kind of required. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I went first on the weaknesses, so you can go first on the positives. Cool. So, uh, do you want to go worst to best or best to worst? Uh, so, um, like our friends at Half Measures refer, we, how about we do a 3, 2, 1? So, number 3 down to number 1. <laughs> okay. So, worst first. <laughs> yeah. um, my worst episodes for... Steven because okay just right. to clarify so, I only have one best episode right. so, so. I, I, I got it wrong I thought we were doing the worst two best in the 
best category and then the middle no. category and then the. Uh, I, 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 I don't I don't have a scale. In my best category. <laughs> okay. So we'll go with the best episodes first. Fair OK, enough. so my best episode for Stephen and this is like hand on heart. I think the one story where I could get behind Stephen and the character. He had a slight bumble at the beginning that bothered me, but it was very small. And that is the Mythmakers. Hmm. I think it's a great portrayal of all of the strengths that we have discussed about him before. Yeah. It has him caring for his companions, both the Doctor and Vicky. Yeah. It has him willing to step in where he doesn't have to. Putting himself on the line, you know, going out dressed in Greek armor. You know, he was willing to put himself on the line. You know, I think it's a really strong showing of the best of the character. Also has a bit bit of Barber bullshittery. Oh, mighty Paris, you have defeated me. I have. (laughs) Yes, I have. Which is great. Um, But I think for me, the Mythmakers, it really showed who Stephen could be Mm -hmm. when they wrote him well. Mm. Do you know? And when they had him contributing as part of the whole do you know rather than him being almost trying to be like the lone ranger and doing his own thing and his thing is the best you know he got to have good discussions with the doctor he got to have good discussions with vicky i love the sort of brotherly sisterly relationship we got to see between the two of them yeah and like i said at the end she's all he thinks about And his one thing is that he's been mortally wounded and all he cares about is, is Vicky okay? And for me, like, forgetting everything else I've said about him over the last number of weeks, that is an amazing story with some amazing moments in it for him. So that's my best episode for Stephen. Yeah. How about you? I am in complete agreement with you. This is the best showing for Stephen. And it, this, I think, is... This is the first thing in what will become a trend is that everyone has a f- different favorite companion. Okay. Mm. Um, it, it, you're just not going to, not everyone's going to be on the same page. It's just the way that it is. However, everyone will probably agree that even companions that they don't like have one good story, have one standout story for them. And yeah, the Mythmakers is Stevens. His intelligence showing like the whole like you know oh how about we actually use the wooden horse to try as a, as a ploy and it's like you know actually not n- not you know it's staring you right in the face because like some people again they don't kind of see that stuff you know um mm. so yeah no really good intelligence again barbara bullshittery when he takes on paris again up there with you know some of the finer ian moments in terms of you know putting himself into danger by actually fighting greek soldiers in the or no sorry trojan soldiers uh during the sacking yep. of troy and this is a guy now that has no formalized uh sword fighting training or anything like that as uh, far as we know as far as we know <laughs> well <laughs> that's true um so yeah look, again it was just this is the best bits of steven so the myth makers is probably it's a it's a it's a great story in and of itself like as we talked about on the last yep. day uh can't wait for it to be animated uh, and last fuck you to John Wiles um, <laughs> but um, no the, like for Stephen fans I'd say that this is the best story you'll get for Stephen yeah did you have any other best episodes on your list no everything else kind of fell into the sort of the middling category okay 
so like yeah that that's like i and i like again i went through everything because like like all the other companions like we went through the stories as a whole to see can we pick a story that they're rock solid the whole way through and this yeah. for me and steve this is the only story for me where steven is rock solid the whole way through yeah i have a, a slight issue with the minor bit at the beginning but that's so minor and like we said you know she did have a hurt ankle yeah whatever do you know it, it it's so small so if we go on to the middling episodes i have two i could be really bitchy and say mission to the unknown because he's not in it but (laughs) 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 um so i have two middling episodes and then just to give you a heads up i have two worst episodes okay everything else i'm sort of meh i have one middling and i have three worst Okay, well, how about we do my middling first and we can see if one of them overlaps with yours. Okay. So the two middling ones that I had were The Massacre mm-hmm. and The Savages. Okay. So The Massacre, like I said, this is, like, my middling ones are ones that I personally wasn't a fan of. But if you're a fan of Steven, you will love these. Mm. Those are sort of my way of, of, of measuring them. So The Massacre is literally... It, you might as well rename the show to Stephen Taylor rather than Doctor Who. Yeah. The majority of the story bar that one scene in the alchemist shop, the majority of the story is told from Stephen's point of view yeah, versus the Doctor's point of view. Do you know? And it's all about Stephen making his way through this historical period, the connections he's making, you know, the subterfuge and whatever. Personally... I don't like it because I feel that he just bumbles from scene to scene and doesn't actually do much. Mm. However, if you're a fan of him, this is literally a four episode story where he is of our traveling group. He is front and center and you get to see what he's like by himself, completely detached from anyone. He can't get back into the TARDIS. He can't find the doctor and he's trying to work his way through the problem. Mm. Not my favourite, because I don't think they did it very well. But I also don't like him, so maybe that's why I didn't think they did it very well. Yeah. If you're a fan of him, though, I think that's definitely... It's going to be one of your top watches, I think, if you're a fan of Steven. Mm. The Savages, th- that was an interesting one, because I did struggle between putting The Savages actually in, on the list of his best episodes. But again, it's not my best episode for him. Again, if you're a fan of Steven, I'd say The Savages is probably right there under Mythmakers if you're a fan of Steven. I think Savages is probably um, going to be your second pick, if I if I had to guess. Because again, we see Steven having the powerful role, leading revolution, being the strong guy, you know, being the one to save the day. And at the end, he gets the reward of all of that. Do you know? He gets recognized as someone who can lead these people into a better future. And like we said, inevitably becomes king of this planet. The reason why it's not one of my favorites, even though, you know, looking just at Steven from a fan perspective, you probably think he has great scenes here. He has great discussions here, you know, great action moments or whatever. But he is such a dick. (laughs) Like... He is such a dick throughout. The things that he says about Dodo, I'm like, you really, really need to cough yourself on and 
you know, stop being so cruel to people by bad talking them to others because it's absolutely ridiculous. And we said earlier in the week, personally, I didn't think he earned the ending that he got. Yeah. If it had been him staying and fighting with them to overthrow the other elders, I would have been all for that. That would have been fine. I would have had no issue with that. But the idea of him leading these people, no, that 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 and his interactions with Dodo are why the savages for me is a middling episode for Stephen, because hmm. has some great moments, but oh good god, like you have to get through him being Stephen in order to enjoy them. So those are my two middling episodes. Were either of those one of yours? No. Uh, well, really. Um, on like on hearing you speak about it now, I probably would put the savages as a middling episode, because. It, it was it it definitely spoke to his strengths you know about being at least like some bit good you know with tactics as well because you know using the mirror to blind um to blind the guard you know yeah. to disarm him and um doing the hit and run and that kind of stuff and again staying no again i think it's a complete cop-out um ending but at least you know it works out well for steven in the end the other one that i would put as a middling and oh, this is a, as a rough middling, okay? Is Galaxy Four because hmm. uh, no, the last half of it, he's a annoying pain in the ass because it's like <laughs> no, it's like you know, literally. Well, what does this clock say? No, what does that clock say? No, what does this clock say? And it's just like, shut up, shut <laughs> up. You have just okay. You have just come from quite possibly the most inept. <laughs> Uh, group of antagonists we've come across thus far you were in I won't say the custody you're in this uh, company of a highly advanced species with nearly indestructible robots what they've assured you it's all okay take them at their word just however the first half of it despite what Peter Purvis has said about the writing of the character the character seems to have improved a lot from the time meddler He's a lot more uh, calm. He's a lot more focused. He's a lot more intelligent. Trying to get the MAGA clone on his... Uh, sorry, the Draven clone uh, on his mm-hmm. side. Showing great integrity of character, you know, by I'm not going to be your pawn. Kind of like uh, Nat from Test of Nerve. Which well, is, don't compare those two. That's no, no, I'm, not, I'm not comparing them as like equals, but I'm saying it's in the vein of... Yeah. Yeah, which is a sorry, it's a big finished story. Definitely check it out. Um, but the so that like it's, again, it's a tale of two halves with Stephen in that one, and I think it's a fair middling one. And did you have any other middling? Uh, no, I no, it was just the, the Sav- one middling episode you had, was it? Well, I, I I kind of I've taken over the savages now as well because yeah. you made some valid points about that. And it kind of got me thinking about stuff. So yeah, I would say that's a middling. And then we're on to his worst <laughs> episodes. Um, again, in this case, I have two. And I have three. Do you want to go first or will I go first? I'll go first. So, I'm not sure if there's... Like, I don't think there's any particular order I, I, I would do this in. Because um, I haven't done... Actually, do what I will do them in a particular, particular order. In how much it annoyed me. <laughs> cool. I, um, I, will, I will do mine in my head the same way. Okay, cool. So, in third place, in the worst episodes, is the Daleks Master Plan. Because he spends the... In- entire story he, he, like he spends the first part at odds with Brett 
when he could be kind of working together. You know, they, they do have their moments of working together, but it's still, he's almost trying to show, like, not show up, Brett, but it's like this whole kind of antagonistic. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stupid. It's like a dick measuring competition. Like, so there was that. And then for the last half of it, it's he, character wise, he takes a backseat to Sarah because Sarah's just a much more powerful character. But also the whole thing of like, you know, well, my plan is good. I'm going to show you my plan is good. And it's like, you have no idea what you could have done. You could have killed them all just because you got a bit annoyed that someone told you your plan wouldn't work or your plan was a bit simplistic. It's like, again, there is at least a thousand years worth of technological advanced uh, learning in this room with you. Just from Sarah alone. God knows about the doctor. Just park it. Just park the ego for one second. And then even at the end when it's like when they're uh, searching for the doctor uh, in the, the underground base and then there's the, this whole thing about like, oh, we'll find the doctor, we'll find the doctor. And it's just like, dude, would you just shut up? Like you're, you're, like you're telling her to be quiet yet you're the one talking really loudly. Yeah. In number two is the massacre because yes, it is the Stephen Taylor show. He is the, mo- he's the least interesting thing about this story for me the entire story is carried by all the supporting characters Stephen makes a big uh, huff about the, the, the doctor not trusting him to look after himself in Paris he's gone 20 minutes when his again I would say ego gets in the way and he know like you don't have the right money and you're causing a fuss you're bringing undue attention to yourself then you're a wanted person and you decide to rifle through someone's drawers to find a pen and paper as opposed to waiting and giving yourself a chance to explain yourself and then finally or not not finally second finally I suppose one, 1. 1.5 you lambast the doctor for his actions like you know better yeah. your big experience with death has been the Daleks master plan you saw you saw the loss of Katarina and Sarah and that's horrible they, they died in horrible ways but this is something like the doctor has seen this on multiple occasions and not with people he's connected he's seen history happen and he can't risk that changing stop acting like you know better and then the last thing is he makes a big song and dance about leaving and he comes back into the TARDIS he physically yeah. comes back into the TARDIS the last one then um, Anna is the gunfighters I'm just going to say fuck everything about Stephen in that story <laughs> and that is my 3 two, one Cool. Um, listening to you talk about the massacre, I think personally speaking, the massacre the massacre is one of my least favorites. But the reason why I put it in the middle was I was trying to separate my personal feelings from if you were a fan of the character. Personally, the massacre can go rotten in a ditch as far as I'm concerned. But you know, I can understand like all the points that you made are they're totally valid and th- yeah. I think I've just purged the gunfighters from my memory, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, my worst episodes, I had two. And similar to my best episodes, this was just my worst episode for me. Yeah. My middling episodes were me trying to be a bit nice. My worst mm. episodes, though, are, are me. And going from the one where he annoyed me the most to the one where he... Or the one where he annoyed me the least to the one where he annoyed me the most. Mm. My number two pick for his worst episode was actually Galaxy 4. Right. Because Galaxy 4 was the first episode for me so the time meddler i kind of gave him a little bit of a pass 
Yeah, because it's because we're only in. getting to know him or whatever. Do you know? Galaxy Four for me, he contributes nothing. Let's face it; he actually contributes bugger all. All of his attempts to turn the Draven. Draven against their leader or whatever it amounts to nothing. It's not like he actually got a gun or managed to do anything. His whole thing with the airlock is just him being a freaking idiot. You know, I'm going to leave. Oh, wait, I can't get out the door. Oh, no, she's locked the other door. Well, that was a bad plan. It's like, dude, you're aware of how spaceships work. You used to pilot one. Like, what the hell? And in the second half, and actually in the last episode, really, it's the countdown. It's the countdown. How long do we have? Are you sure? And it's like, I can understand maybe being a bit mistrustful of the Rills based on what the Draven have described. Hmm. If you didn't spend the previous three episodes in the Draven's company to see what they are like as people and realize they're massive xenophobes and they were probably exaggerating or in the case of uh, Marga, just lying. As like the doctor trusts the Rills, Vicky trusts the Rills. But no, you know better. You know better. You you can, you can suss out what's going on here. No, Stephen, nothing was going on. Absolutely nothing. This was probably the most benevolent person you could have ever come across in your entire life. Yeah. The Rills were perfectly happy to let themselves be destroyed if it meant giving you time to go back to your ship. They're probably the nicest beings in the galaxy and you were a dick to them for reasons I will never comprehend. And my worst episode for Stephen, is the Daleks master plan. The one or two moments he has that I liked, so I mentioned earlier, like again, he does ask about Vicky at the beginning and he's very concerned for her, but oh my God, his ego cannot be contained. And the way he treats other people because of his own ego running rampant, the hypocrisy of berating Brett like there's no tomorrow for leaving without the doctor when not even noticing that he was doing the same thing later. And he didn't even notice that Sarah went back. And that, to me, kind of showed that, like, while, you know, we saw the Doctor trusted Sarah and clearly cared about her a great deal, do you know, by the time we got to the end of the Daleks' master plan. Hmm. If that had been Vicky, Stephen would have noticed that she ran off. Yeah. But he didn't. He got all the way back to the TARDIS, went inside and stayed there. As opposed to going back. Now, obviously the impact of him going back would have been that he would have died and that would have been obviously a terrible outcome. But it's like, he's such a hypocrite. He is such a hypocrite. And just his ego and just the entire way that he behaved. And like and like putting on the police officer's uniform and going into the... Like, what were you... What was going through your brain? Do you know? So for me, Dalek's master plan is my worst episode for him. The reason why I didn't include the gunfighters is, to be honest, the gunfighters is a bad story for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Whereas, you know, Galaxy 4, the Rills were interesting. You know, Dalek's yeah. master plan. The Doctor was great. Brett was great. Sarah was great. And Stephen just sticks out like a sore thumb. So gunfighters is not his worst episode for me. It's just a terrible episode for everybody. So that would be the difference. Um, just like the the Galaxy Four thing, you know, the, we use the the uh, airlock scenario in different uh, mentalities. Don't remind me of 
uh, Captain America and Iron Man. He was like, you like you wouldn't lay down the wire. No, I would just cut the wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will always be Team Iron Man all the way. By the way, because um, <laughs> screw Cap and his self righteousness. So, going back to Stephen, I think, I think this was a sort of challenge. This was certainly a challenge for me coming up with this list because he's a character I'm not a fan of. And I tried to sort of put down a sort of an overall idea why I don't like him. And what I came up with is that Stephen is a product of a producer who did not like William Hartnell. If you think about the chase, if you think about the time meddler, he's kind of annoying, but he's not too bad. Hmm. But when John Wiles came in, Stephen started becoming more to the forefront and more of the strongman of the group. And it didn't hit he was trying to replace Hartnell in as many scenes as possible and it didn't work the arc being an example why have him be the one to go and tell them what's happening he doesn't have a clue they present him as the hero but in my opinion at least more often than not he just comes across as bumbling and annoying you can't get behind a hero who doesn't do heroic deeds and I think the biggest thing that got in my goat at the end is the man we hear described at the end of the savages this great leader who will unite these people is not the man we saw on screen or at least not the man i saw on screen like if you compare his exit in the massacre right where he left for five seconds and came back the doctor was simply happy that he took the time to look at the screen to make sure he wasn't walking into a fucking volcano yeah that was the most the doctor could say about Stephen at that point in time was at least he bothered to look at the screen. That was the height of Stephen's intelligence. And yet somehow, what, five stories later? Oh, no one is, is good enough for this job but Stephen. He's a perfect fit. We di- I didn't see the progression of his character from the massacre up to the savages for that to be a worthwhile exit. And for him to get such praise and such a happy ending and you know a good exit scene when you have vicky who didn't dodo doesn't even like we'll talk about that next week but like katarina got airlocked Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know sarah got aged to the point where she became dust and stephen becomes king of a planet and it just rubs me all the wrong way when we get to like I think we'll probably discuss it like when we discuss Dodo's thing, but for me, this has been a run now of where I'll say long-standing companions because like we obviously we there's the idea as to whether Katarina should be considered a companion or not versus Brett being considered mm. a companion or not, and then there's like uh, Sarah because she only exists in one story, but again she's there for eight plus episodes, yeah, and it's this thing of that, with the exception of Katarina and Sarah. We've had two departures now for long-standing companions that are very poorly written. Now, I know that there was, for Vicky, there was, uh, obviously, there was background stuff going on. But I think the challenge would have been to write a suitable ending for the person that you, like, you, like, you've got, like, it's not like this character is brand new. You have X amount of time to work this character to their strengths. So give them an ending that befits their strengths. And... Again, like with Stevens, I don't see that ending as being justified at all. Yeah. But that's just our opinion. You know, Stephen did not 
sit well with us, but there are plenty of people who Stephen is their favourite character. And to be honest, right, as much as I've ragged on Stephen for the last how many weeks? A lot. <laughs> like the last nine weeks, <laughs> just giving out about him almost constantly. I would still love to meet Peter Purvis. Yeah, because because again, like for like all the work he's done in terms of like you know getting still promoting the Doctor Who culture and er- everything about it, like you can set you can separate. Like I think Peter Purvis is one of the Who actors that you can actually separate from the character. Yeah. So hopefully, when coronavirus decides to bugger off at some point, mm-hmm. um, and conventions start up again. If, Peter's at one. Maybe I might try and make my way over. Yep, and we'll have just to see if his chin is as strong as it uh, was back then. Because my God, that thing could fucking crack concrete. And on that note, why don't we call it there? Cool, perfect. On Monday, we will have our regularly scheduled programming. When the Doctor and Dodo encounter the war machines. Mm, yeah, exactly. Stop stealing <laughs> my line. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you Monday. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.